Well, good morning, church. Go ahead and have a seat. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. It's good to be with you. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. Um, we had a great time. Our, it was our largest Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Eve service we've ever had. So this room was actually packed out to capacity. Uh, some of our more uh, emergency management guys were a little freaked out by how many people we had in here. They wanted to know where the exits were and how to get people out of here in a case of emergency. So it was awesome, though. I loved it. We were packed in here. We had like 200 people in here, 50-some kids in the back. It was a great service. But what we got to do is we got to celebrate the birth of our Savior, which is most important. Amen? Awesome. Well, today, here's what we're going to do. If you're new with us, typically what we do here at Providence North is we preach through books of the Bible. Much like we're going to do in a couple weeks, we're actually going to begin a series, or we're going to begin preaching through the book of Ephesians. But every now and then, we take a break, whether it's for a season like we did with Christmas, or uh, for other reasons where we believe there's topics that we want to preach on that we believe are important for the church to know and understand. And so that's what we're going to do today. To kick off the new year, even though we're a couple of days early, what I want to do is I want to talk about vision. Specifically, I want to talk about the vision of Providence North for the year of 2019. But more importantly, I want us to see how God's word actually leads us into that vision. I want us to see both as individually and collectively as a church how important this is for us from a biblical standpoint. So before I get into the specifics, I want to spend some time introducing the general idea of vision and discuss its importance. So let's begin looking at uh, Proverbs 29:18. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be bouncing around a lot today, so I would encourage you just to grab notes. We're going to have all the verses on the screen this morning. So uh, we're going to begin, though, in Proverbs 29:18. It says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. In other words, this text is saying that where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, where there is no direction from God, people will come up with and do their own thing. Or it says they will go their own way. It's the idea that what feels good to you is right for you. What feels good to me is right for me. There's no guardrails. There's no banks on the river. There's no compass pointing you north. And inevitably, the scripture says this always leads to perishing or to death. And this just isn't some new age, 20th century millennial fad thing, right? Thinking about the self. Uh, The world has always veered in this direction of self. And the scriptures actually address it. Proverbs 16.25 says it this way. There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. When we rely on our own brilliance and our own plans and we go at it our way to what feels good to us, inevitably it always leads to people perishing in death. And this is not what God wants for us. Rather, God desires for us individually and as a church to lead us to life, not death. That's why God isn't silent on this issue. The truth is, is God is actively seeking to make clear to us his will and his direction in our lives. God wants to give us a revelation. He wants to give us a vision. He wants to show us his will so that we might live life to the full. And God consistently reveals this to us through his word. The Bible consistently shows us that God has a vision or a plan for the life of each of his children. Look at Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his, all right? We are God's own. We are his workmanship. We are his creation, the scriptures say. We were created in Christ Jesus. Or in other words, we were born again, recreated in Christ. And for this purpose, it says this, For good works. 
which God prepared beforehand. God had a plan. He had a vision. He had a vision for you and I before we even came into this world that we would walk in those good works, that we would walk the path that he has prearranged for us, a path that would lead us to life and full of joy in him. So we see this idea of God's vision in Hebrews as well. The latter half of Hebrews 12 says this. This is a very familiar verse. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And again, in Psalm 139, 16, it says, All the days are ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before we even came into this earth, before we entered into this earth, before God created us, he had a plan for each of us. Each of us has a race that is marked out for us, good works for us to do, all of which God prepared for us before the foundations of the world. That's pretty cool. God has a vision. He has a plan for you while you're living this life on earth. And as you can see, God's desire for us is far from death, isn't it? That's why we must seek the Lord and his guidance for us in our lives daily. However, not just individually, we also need to understand that God has a plan for us both individually and collectively. His plan to be fulfilled is also living this out alongside other believers. And that's what the church is all about. That's why we gather as the church. God reveals in his word that his will for us as a church overall is to be witnesses for him, right? That we would go and make disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them, teaching them all that he's commanded of us. That's the mission of the church, to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. And each one of us has a part to play in this. Every single one of us needs to be engaged in the vision of God's church. Each of us needs to own this calling. You see, the pastor is not the only one that's called to this church, right? Sean, myself, Zach, Melissa, the elders, anyone in leadership, we were not the only ones called to this church. If you are a part of this body, if you are a part of the family of Providence North Community Church, then this is important for you to hear. Every single one of you needs to be engaged on multiple levels. Because at some point in time, you felt that this local body of believers was where God was calling you to be a part of his work. And this is significant. I don't want us to miss the significance of this fact that every single one of us, with our individual gifts and the good works and paths that God marked out for us, at one point in time, we were moved by God to walk into this building to commune with God and with others. And I believe when we begin to understand that fact, when we begin to understand that God called us, he moved us into this building to gather, to commune with him and with others, then we would start to ask the question, why? Why has God led us to come together at this point in time in this community as this local body of believers? Why? Well, here's the cool part. As I was praying through this and studying this and really asking God, what is it that you want us, what is it that you want us to hear on Sunday? We began, I began to seek this answer of why, and it came out of Proverbs 29, 18. When we prayerfully go to God seeking and desiring to know that answer of why do we gather, I believe he leads us right to the root of the message of Proverbs 29, 18. It's a prophetic vision. It's a revelation. But here's the kicker. It's needed from God. That revelation, that vision comes from God alone. The answer to our why can only come from him. So I want to tell you a little story. 
It might help illustrate all that I've kind of shared with you so far. Years ago, Danny and I were taking a quick vacation. Uh, We were headed to San Antonio, and on our way there, we were talking about the complexities of our life and just how life seemed to be full of so many different things. And it happens so quickly, especially with kids, right? It seems like from September to May, you could fill every night of the week with something going on. We were crazy busy, right, what we tend to say. We were crazy busy. Every time someone asks us how we're doing, we're crazy busy. See, we were feeling the pressure to say yes to so many things. And keep in mind, those things that we were saying yes to were good things. And so when we began to feel that pressure and we began to feel weary of it all, typically what we would do is we would wipe the slate clean. Am I right? Anyone else do that? You get so busy and your calendar is so full and all of a sudden you say, I'm done with it. We're done with everything. Well, that's what we would do. We would wipe the slate clean. We would, uh, we would add too much on our plate. We would take inventory of our lives, and then we would eliminate different things, oftentimes in huge chunks, without any uh, recognition or consideration of what the consequences might be. And here's the kicker. Take a guess what we would eliminate first. That's right, church. We would eliminate anything that had to do with serving the church, uh, communion with the church, sacrificing for the church, sacrificing for others. That's what we did. And rather than seeking God's guidance through the Holy Spirit, rather than going to the scriptures, we would resort to our own brilliance and our desires, and we find ourselves falling into the trap of what feels good to us is right for us. We had no prophetic vision, so we would cast off restraints. We would go our own way. We would tell ourselves that we needed rest. Oh, we just, we just need some rest. We needed rest from the busyness of life, so, that, so we would just eliminate it all. And we'd start doing nothing of significance, really. We'd watch more movies. We'd watch more TV. We'd stay up later. We'd wake up later. We would, uh, in many ways, we would isolate ourselves. Because let's be honest, what was the most draining for us was people. So we would isolate ourselves from people. And then just a short time into this new schedule, we'd have these feelings of loneliness and wondering, what are we doing with our lives? And so guess what we'd do? We'd We'd add it all back in. We'd add it all back in with, again, little guidance from the Lord. We added as opportunities arose, and so the pendulum would swing from one side to the other. And we did this for years. Year after year after year, that would happen. We'd add, we'd eliminate, we'd add, and we'd eliminate, and so on. And so in 2012, we wanted things to be different. And so this is where we found ourselves on the road to San Antonio. We needed a vision. We needed a plan. We needed something for our marriage and for our family that would guide us as we made decisions for our lives. And through prayer and through reading of the scriptures and searching the scriptures, through much discussion between my wife and I, we came up with the Agnew Family Mission Statement. And this mission statement became the filter for which we made decisions. Okay, it's the filter in which we made decisions where we would add or we would eliminate things in our lives. Quite frankly, if an opportunity arose, and if it wasn't a heck yes, that lines up with our mission statement, then it was an absolute no. And so God had given us this mission statement. He revealed it to us. So even if the things that felt good to us, we would say no to them if it didn't line up with this mission statement. So here it is, Agnew Family Mission Statement. Should be up here. To live with humility, grace, compassion, integrity, and intentionality, and in such a way that we run with endurance the race set before us, sharing the love of Jesus through our prayers, our words, and actions, so that we would not be of the world, but the world would know that he sent us and he loves us all. Now, truth be told, we fail at this a lot. 
All right, we've, this is our mission statement. This is, this, is our, this is our guardrails, but we fail at this a lot. But what this mission statement has done for us individually as a family is it has brought incredible freedom and peace to our lives. If we ever find ourselves questioning what we're supposed to do, we open up our Bibles, we pray, we look back at our mission statement because that mission statement has become the guardrails, the banks on the river, the compass that points north for us. It's the prophetic vision that God has given us. So, back to that question. When we ask, why has God led us to come to... How, why has God led us, yep, to come together at this point in time in history in this community as this local body of believers? The question we need to answer to that why is that it can only come from God. What are we to become and what are we to do as a congregation is something that comes from not the pastors, not the elders, not from any other human being that walks through this door. Rather, it's something that comes only from God. It comes when we seek his desires and his will for the church. So let's do that this morning. All right, let's look at the scriptures to see why God has brought us together. How would God lead us this year? What is the vision for 2019? What's he calling us to do? All right, we're going to start in Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5. 37.4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. When we look at these two verses... I believe we see two principles laid out for us. First, we see in verse 4, is what we delight in will determine our desires. What we delight in will determine our desires. Secondly, we see in verse 5, is what we depend on will determine our future or our destiny. God wants us to understand who we are in Christ. He wants us to live our lives with a sense of identity and destiny. And that's why he calls us to delight in relationship with him and commit our ways to him through faith in Jesus Christ. So what this verse is saying is the more that we delight in him, the more our desires will align with his desires. Because with our identity firmly rooted in him, the desires of our heart no longer come from this world or are motivated by the approval of man. They will be given to us by him and him alone. And God, this is so cool, God desires to plant dreams and plans and visions in our hearts concerning what our participation is in his redemptive work. God desires that we live our lives with the realization of the high calling that we now have in Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. God desires that we live our lives with the realization of the high calling that is ours in Jesus Christ. He wants us to know who we are and whose we are. And as we grow in knowledge and in this understanding, we can then live our lives with a sense of identity and destiny. God has not called us to twiddle our thumbs or to waste our lives, but rather he wants us to be a part of his great redemptive work, now in this world, and to impact all of eternity. And if God desires us to be a part of his great redemptive work, and we are delighting in him, then that will be one of the main desires of our hearts as well. Also, if we commit our way to him, verse 5, and trust in him, his saving power and sovereignty, we will see him transform lives, save souls, and continually invite people into his mission of redemption. You see, because God is in the business of people, isn't he? 
When you look around this room, what do you see? There's no product to sell. There's no food to eat, maybe leftover donuts, but there's nothing. God is in the business of people. There's no product to sell here. People are what gather here week after week after week. And so with that in mind, whether or not we have a sense for God's direction for our lives as a church will have a direct impact on people's lives as they encounter us. I'm going to say that again. Whether or not we have a sense for God's direction for our lives as a church will have a direct impact on people's lives as they encounter us. Because our world is full of people who are hurting. And sadly, many of those people have been hurt by the church. Perhaps they've been hurt by the sins of others in this world, whether it's through friends or family. But either way, there's a lot of hurting people. And when we take a second to look around, we realize that there's people all around us whose marriages are in jeopardy, people whose families are falling apart, people who are confused, people who have sought after and found out that the things of this world just do not satisfy. And these people, these hurting people, all of us, need to see lives lived before them that are radically different. These people need to see lives that are delighting in the Lord and committed to his ways, lives that have experienced God's redemptive power. And as one of my favorite pastors would put it, it's the kind of life that would make Jesus non-ignorable in our families, in our church, and in our city. Church, God is inviting us to seek his face. He's inviting us to hear his voice. He's inviting us to do what he tells us to do for the sake of our families, for the sake of our communities and our world. And when we do so, the result of that is a church in relationship with God that has also a God-given vision. And that God-given vision is concerned for people. And that vision can make an incredible impact now and for all of eternity. Church, we can be used by him and for him to literally impact the lives of people. That's what he wants to use us for. Is that the kind of church you want to be? God calls us as his people to join him in the work of inviting men, women, and children to receive new life through faith in Christ. God calls us to join him in the effort to see and show others that a life without him is hell and empty. But a life with Christ has purpose and meaning and is full of joy. Now, practically speaking, what does that look like for us? First, we need to understand the mission that God has given us as the church. It's the central mission that God has given the entire church globally. But again, at Providence North, this is how we articulate it. Articulate it. We exist to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. So if that's the mission that God has called us to, then that should be the central desire of the church. So as we desire to make that happen, to glorify God by making disciples, well, how do we actually do that? Well, here's what we do. We worship Christ, we grow spiritually, and we serve. And so in 2019, this is the vision. This is what we are calling the church to. This is what we are calling you to. We want you to worship Christ. We want you to grow spiritually. In other words, we want you to be spiritually formed. We want you to understand why you believe what you believe. So when the opportunity comes for you to discuss God and discuss the gospel with someone who doesn't know him, you know how to articulate it. So we want you to be spiritually formed. And then lastly, we want you to serve both inside and outside of the church. We are calling you to worship, to grow, and to serve in 2019. So first thing we're going to look at this morning 
is worship. But the question I want to answer is, why do we worship God? Why do we worship him? You see, everyone worships something. We worship because we were made that way. We worship what we treasure, and we worship the things that we value the most. Truthfully, we tend to only worship the things that are greater than ourselves, or at least what we perceive to be greater than ourselves. And the reason we worship Christ is because he is the only one truly truly worthy of such adoration and affection and a high level of devotion. Because as Colossians 2.9 says, it says this, In him, the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. That's a magnificent statement. In him, that's Jesus Christ we're talking about, the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. So let's just think about that for a second. And I want us to think about it through the lens of why we would worship God. What this statement says is that when Christ was incarnated, what we just got done celebrating, when Christ was incarnated, when God the Son entered into this world, he did not surrender his deity. He was still, in fact, God. And yet when Christ rose from the dead at the moment of resurrection, he did not give up his humanity. In him, the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. Therefore, because Christ is fully God and fully man, and because of his death, burial, and resurrection, because of the gospel, when we as a church, you and I, have placed our faith in him as our Savior, Christ, we are now made full in Jesus Christ. When we share, or when we place our faith in him, we share in his fullness, which means that any and every spiritual blessing we need, any and every spiritual blessing we need is satisfied in Jesus Christ. And that's why we worship him. That's why we worship God. Great. Now we understand the why. Now how do we do that? As we look into 2019, we have high hopes. We have prayers that God would move mightily through this church. So we, first and foremost, must be a church that delights in him. So not only are these next few items ways for us to do so, but, what this, but this is what we, the leadership of Providence North, are calling you to this year. All right, so first and foremost, this one is an individual calling. This, is, this responsibility falls on you and you alone. We are calling you to habitually spend time with God through reading the scriptures and prayer. And the heart behind this calling is the understanding that you and I can't worship what we don't know right? That's why it's so easy for us to worship money. That's why money becomes such an idol for us, because we know it so well. We, we have transactions with it daily, constantly. I, I can look at my uh, bank account just as easily as I can look at my Bible on my phone. We can worship money so easily because it's what we know. So we are calling you to habitually spend time with God through the reading of the scriptures because we know that you can't worship what you don't know. And God has primarily chosen to reveal himself through his written word. Also, it is through prayer that we can experience intimacy with the Lord. We can adore him. We can confess to him. We can thank him. We can take our needs to him. So this year, we are calling you to habitually spend time in the scriptures and in prayer. Secondly, and you guys get the gold star for this, the Sunday after, Sunday after Christmas, we are calling you to regularly attend Sunday morning corporate worship and our monthly prayer services. We're calling you to regularly attend Sunday morning services and our prayer services. Here's my, I'm, this is my thing. If you're a hashtag in town and healthy, you should be there, right? What this text is, or sorry, so I want to understand why. 
why would we ask you to be here on Sunday mornings? Ephesians 5.18, one of my favorite verses. Which is, I use this verse every time someone says, man, I just need to stay home and rest. I just need rest from church. I need rest. Here's what Ephesians 5.18 says. That we, the church, should be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. What this text is saying is that one of the main purposes we gather to worship Christ together is to address one another with song and praise, giving thanks for all that God has done for us. And when we neglect to show up on Sunday morning because we stayed up too late the night before or we made other plans, what we are in fact doing is robbing others in the church of our ability to minister to them. We're robbing them of that opportunity. And maybe you're the one in need. Maybe you're the one going through trials and struggles and you need to be ministered to. And you're robbing those people of the opportunity to minister to you. You see, we never truly know what's going on in everyone's lives. We never know what's truly what people are struggling with because a lot of times we just hold some of that deep stuff to ourselves or to our spouses. But when we gather to worship, we are declaring that God provided and comforted us when we needed him the most. And therefore, we are in fact ministering to those that are beside us, showing them that they too can find their comfort and need in God. And so when we call you to gather on Sunday morning, it's not to check the religious box that week. That's not it. It's not to fill the seats in this room. It's not to fill the rooms back there. No, it's for the purpose of you being ministered to or ministering, uh, ministering to others that are going through tough and hard times in life. And they need to be reminded of the comfort that God provides. We're calling you to regular corporate worship because sometimes Sunday mornings isn't about you. It's about you ministering to others. So in 2019, in order for us to live out the mission that God has given us, our vision is for a church that is fully engaged in worshiping Christ. Next thing we're calling the body of Providence North 2 in 2019 is to grow. We want you to be spiritually formed. We want you to understand why you believe what you believe. And so we're going to do that in a few different ways. First, we believe that growth happens in the midst of living in biblical community. And as we saw when we studied the book of Acts last year, especially in chapters 2 and 5, the New Testament model for believers is to meet in both large, like we are today, and in small gatherings. Like the early believers, we must be committed to living out the one another verses that we find throughout the New Testament. So how do we live in community? We live in community by pursuing relationships with one another. And here's the hard part. It's a process. It takes time. Right? That's why none of our community groups are perfect, because it takes time. People are coming in and out of them, and it takes time to build that true community. It takes time, much like any other successful relationship that we have in life. We live in community by opening our homes to others, by opening our lives to others, by serving alongside others, and by discipling others. The primary reason that we are calling you to live in community with one another is to share and encourage one another with the gospel, to grow and disciple one another. So we're calling you to join a community group. If you're not in a community group, we want you to join one. This semester, our groups are going to begin during the week of January 14th, so we have a couple of, a couple of weeks before we do so, and they're going to be doing sermon-based discussions. 
So as we go through the book of Ephesians on Sunday mornings, you're going to gather in your community and discuss what was, what, was spo- what was talked about on Sunday morning, and then you're going to apply that to your life, apply the gospel to your life. And then our group schedules are going to be organized in such a way that we're going to meet three weeks of the month, and then we're going to break for a week for the purpose of attending a prayer service on a Thursday night. So over the last year, the reason why we're doing that, over the last year, we uh, have been looking at the calendar. We've been asking the question, why, when, and how do we schedule things in the church? And this year, we are being very intentional about scheduling or calendaring the church in such a way that it prioritizes what we believe are most important for the church, and that is to delight in him. So we're going to gather for three weeks of the month in the homes throughout our community, and then our community group is going to break so that we can gather in the evening on a Thursday night. And as Sean said earlier, it was our last one we had at Northway it was fantastic. We ate a meal together. We prayed together. We worshiped together. The kids had a great time. It was a fun night. And so we're going to start doing that once a month. We're going to pick back up. We're going to do it once a month. We're skipping January, all right? So don't come in January. We're going to pick up February 7th. So that's going to be happening. So we're calling you to that. We're calling you to live in biblical community, and we're calling you to grow uh, through our prayer services as well. And perhaps this is you. Um, perhaps you've been feeling a call in your life. Maybe you're feeling that call to, you're like, you know what, there's a lot of people that I'm living life with in this church, and maybe I need to lead a group, or maybe I need to host a group. If that's you, I want to talk to you more about that. All right, so I want to talk to you more about that at the end of the service. We're going to discuss that further. Another avenue for you to grow this year, remember, we're growing spiritually formed in 2019. This coming year is going to happen through Sunday morning classes and discipleship. So periodically throughout the year, we offer classes on Sunday mornings. We provide the space. We provide the child care. You just gather. Pretty simple, right? And so our classes are typically four to six weeks, spring and fall semester based. Uh, The purpose for these is to dive into more theologically deep topics and conversations that cannot happen here in in the regular sanctuary, in the regular service. Um, so, but we're going to be talking more about those classes as they come up further throughout the year. And lastly, this is one I'm excited about. We're beginning to form what intentional discipleship looks like at Providence. All right, we're still in the very infancy stages of this, but if you're interested in learning more about discipling others or being discipled by another, we want to know. These smaller groups, think of groups of three, will meet regularly throughout the year. And they're going to go through a book that we've fully vetted, we believe will bring spiritual growth, and it will propel you and lead you into uh, the mission that God has, has for you, and that is to make disciples. All right, so again, if you're interested in that, I'm going to ask you to do something in just a minute. All right, so in 2019, we're calling you to worship, we're calling you to grow, and we've given you the avenues to do those things. And finally, we're calling you to serve. Why? Why would we call you to serve? Right? Joshua 24, 15 says this, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, I'm sure all of you have, much like I've seen, you might even have this. You might have this uh, stenciled on your walls in your home. You might have it on a plaque or a picture frame with your family in it. I've seen it all. It, and in many ways, it's what Sean calls the, cuff, the coffee cup verse. Right? We pull it out. We like it. We want to tell other people about it. And then we put it away when we don't want to talk about it anymore. It's the coffee cup verse. But do we truly understand when we sit, what we are saying when we declare this over our home? When we declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What are we saying there? Here's what it means for us. It means to do what God says in a way that makes him look supremely valuable in himself and above all other things. 
When we serve the Lord, we do so so in such a way that it makes God look so valuable above anything in our lives. Secondly, what that means is when we serve, it means we submit to God in a way that makes him look absolutely delightful. The kind of service that makes God look valuable and delightful is the kind of service God, that, that is the kind that serves God by constantly receiving from God. In order for us to serve God in such a way that makes him look valuable and delightful, we have to be constantly receiving from him. 1 Peter 4.11 addresses this. It says, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, again, that receiving from God, in order that when we serve in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. God is seen as valuable when our serving is reliant on our moment-by-moment receiving from God's supply. That's why God calls us to delight in him. When we delight in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. And we receive this supply from him through faith. That is when when we trust moment by moment that what we need in serving him, he will supply, whether it's life, breath, or whatever it is that we need to serve him. Therefore, as Psalm 100 says, we can serve the Lord with gladness. All right? So how are we calling you to do that at Providence North? Um, First, outside of the church, our community groups are going to be serving and picking a, uh, a mission project that they're going to serve outside on Sunday morning. So you're going to serve outside the church in community, but also we're calling you to serve inside the church. Now, truth be told, uh, many of you are already serving. Many of you are serving in multiple areas. And so I'm not talking to those at this point in time. If you're serving in three, four, and five different areas, I'm not talking to you, okay? But I am talking to those that perhaps haven't jumped in yet. Maybe you're sitting on the sidelines. Um, Maybe you've taken a step back for various reasons this last year. But here's how we're calling you to serve in 2019. Providence Kids. Yep, no surprise there, right? I mean, if you were here when our kids uh, did the uh, Christmas song for us, the two Christmas songs in the service, I think there were 60, 70 kids on stage. Right? So over the last year, we've been averaging nearly 100 kids per week in Providence Kids. Now, why do you serve in Providence Kids? It's not to check the religious box. We don't just need a warm body back there. You have the grand opportunity to declare and preach the gospel to the next generation of believers in the church. You are fortifying their belief in Christ so that when, the, when we pass, the church is carried on by our children. That's a huge opportunity. That should be pretty exciting if you ask me. All right, so Providence Kids, there's an opportunity for you to serve. Next, our hospitality team. As you know, we're a set-up and tear-down church. We're blessed that our church only takes about an hour each week to set up and tear down. But it does take five to six men and women serving in that capacity on a weekly basis. So you can do that in the morning. You, you come in the morning before service, and you serve after church is over. So about two hours once a month, we're asking you to serve in that capacity. Also, we have an incredible uh, greeting team. Right? And so if you can smile, if you can shake a hand, if you can introduce yourself to new people, then you can be used for the purpose of welcoming others into a place of worship. Right? Some of you don't have that gift. That's okay. You can set up and tear down. All right? But if you can smile and shake a hand and welcome people into this church, then we want to know. We want you to serve in this area in 2019. And lastly, or I'm sorry, two more things. Worship team. 
Believe it or not, our entire worship team, including our audio engineers and our slides back there, it is all volunteer-based outside of Zach. Outside of Zach, everything is volunteer-based, but there's still opportunity for you to serve. So if you're hiding a musical talent, we want to know. For instance, I've been asking Zach to let me stretch the old vocal cords, right? (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen, and if you don't want it to happen and you can actually sing, then you should be up here, right? So I'm, I've been begging him every week. If he goes out, I'm coming in. So <laughs> perhaps you can't sing, perhaps you can't play a guitar, uh, but you can run our slides. You know what? Connor McGrath has been, Connor, can you wave your hand back there? That's Connor back there. All right? 16 years old, Connor has been running our slides faithfully for over two years. All right? And Connor would like a break every now and then. All right? And so... We need him. We need other people back there. So if you can turn the slides, all you do is press a button. It's a hard job. You've got to keep up with me, but we need you back there. And if you have, a, if you have an ear for sound and you can run our, and, and help with our sound, we would love that too. Colin Hanfelt and Eddie, again, have been serving faithfully for four years now on that board. So we have an opportunity for you to join the worship team. Lastly, here's where we're calling you to serve. It's in community. Again, if God has placed it in your heart to potentially lead a group or host a group, we want to know about it. Or perhaps it's through discipleship. If God is calling you to disciple others in this church and you feel that calling or to be discipled, we want to know about it. We want to help you fulfill that calling that God has placed on your hearts. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Everyone has a bulletin. I made sure there was one in every chair, so you can't tell me you don't have one, all right? Everyone has a bulletin. I want to see those bulletins. Carrie, hang, hold it up for me. There it is. There's your bulletins. All right, so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. On the bottom of that bulletin, there is a tear-off portion, all right? And you can see that tear-off portion. You'll see there's several check boxes of areas that you can serve in our church, all right? So some of you, you're going to fill out that information. Some of you, it might be one area. Some of you, it might be four areas, Wherever it is that God, maybe God, maybe you're already serving in one area and you're like, you know what, I can do something else this year. I'm going to ask you to fill that stuff out and then I'm going to ask you to put it in the giving box in the back and we're going to give it to, and we're going to give you a call this week or contact you this week. Uh, perhaps you have a friend who's not serving. Fill it out for them, all right? You can do that too. Or your spouse. Just joking, don't do that. That'll be an awkward phone call for us. So that's what we're asking you to do. I want you to fill those out, put them in the giving basket. Either way, church, we're calling you to serve in 2019. And we're calling you to do that in order to demonstrate and declare the extreme value and delight that you have in God. It's not the checkbox. We're calling you to demonstrate and declare the value that you have in God. So there it is, church. That's vision for 2019. Uh, Our hope is that God would fulfill the desires of our hearts, that we would be able to glorify him by making disciples of Jesus Christ, and that we would see him act and move in powerful ways as we commit our way to him, we trust in him, and we delight in him by how? Worshiping him, growing in him, and serving him. All right? Church, our prayer is that each of you would grasp this that you would grasp this and you would run with this in 2019 because a church without a vision will inevitably find itself practicing religion instead of Christianity. Do you understand the difference between the two? The message of religion is that man through his efforts must reach up to God, but the message of Christianity is that God through his efforts reach down to us. 
And a church with no vision does not understand how they are to partner with God in his redemptive work in this world. And consequently, if that were us, we would find ourselves just going through the motions Sunday after Sunday after Sunday with an attitude and an understanding that we don't know what we are to become. And this will surely lead to death. We will begin to cast off restraints when we don't have that vision. But a church with a vision concerning how God wants us to partner with him in his work will have a let's get after it kind of attitude. And this will certainly lead to life and to life in the full. So are you practicing religion or are you practicing Christianity? Do you want to be a part of a church that practices religion, that just goes through the, mo- the motions Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Or do you want to be a church that lives life to the full? Because whether or not we have a sense of our God-given vision for what we are to be doing as a church to fulfill the Great Commission will determine what kind of church we will be. Whether or not we understand God's vision for us, both individually and collectively, will determine the kind of church that we will be. And I want to be a part of a church. I want to be a church that delights in the Lord, that commits to him through worshiping him, through growing in him, and through serving him so that others might know who he is. Amen? Let's get after it this year, all right? Let's pray. Father, we... uh, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you how your word can lead us in so many different ways, Father. We thank you for the fact that your word can guide us as we look forward to our future and our destiny. That we know when we delight in you, Father. That when we place our trust in you and our faith in you, that when we delight in you, you will answer the desires of our hearts because our hearts will be aligned with you. And so, Father, I pray that for us this year. I pray that we would be a church that absolutely delights in you. Whether it's through our own individual time where we are praying with you, where we are searching the scriptures to understand more about who you are and whose we are in you. I pray that we would be consistent in coming here to church on Sundays in our prayer services, that we would understand the high calling that we have, and that is to minister to others and to declare who you are to others pray that we would grow in you, that we would seek those opportunities, that we would dive into those things knowing that we can't worship you if we don't know you. And lastly, Father, give us hearts that want to serve you, that want to serve you for the purpose of making you look supremely valuable above all other things, and that you would seem absolutely delightful because we trust that you will provide all that we need when we serve you. Father, I pray that for us. I pray that for me individually. Father, do a mighty work in me this year. Do a mighty work in this church. We love you, Father. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.